Welcome to the Fully Restored Podcast. Christians often struggle to talk about areas of deep hurt like trauma or abuse, shame or betrayal. These are deep soul wounds. Friend, Christ came to not only heal us from our sin, but from our soul wounds as well. My name is Kristen Klaus and I'm a licensed professional counselor and author. And my guest and I are here to walk with you on your healing journey. We see you and hear you. Friend, if you hang with me, apply these truths to your life, you will be on your own path to a fully restored story. Grab your coffee, tea, or favorite drink, and let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Kristen Klaus, and you're listening to the Fully Restored Podcast. Today on my show, we're going to be talking about a topic that so many of us struggle with, anxiety. For some, you've struggled with anxiety for years. For others, this past year has triggered anxiety in you, your kids, or loved ones. And 2020 has not helped those who have anxiety as well. In my counseling practice, I work with individuals every week who deal with anxiety, children, teens, and adults who are feeling overwhelmed with life circumstances. As Christians, we often feel we aren't being a good Christian because we have mental illness. We tell ourselves statements that start with, I should have, I don't, I could have. And I just want to tell you, those are thinking traps and they set us up and they don't help us. In fact, I'm very passionate about educating the church and Christians on mental illness in general. I often talk with my clients about this when they're considering taking medication. If someone has diabetes and they need to take insulin, we don't tell them they don't have enough faith and they need to pray harder. No, we tell them to do what the doctors are telling them to do by taking the insulin. If someone has high blood pressure, we never consider their faith, their walk with Jesus being in question because of their high blood pressure. Friends, why do we as the church do this to individuals who struggle? with anxiety, depression, PTSD, and more. Because of how high anxiety is in our nation, well, really in our world, I wanted to do a highlight of some guests that I had back in the fall who shared about their own anxiety. Dr. Michelle Bankston, Jennifer Irvig, and Colette Schaefer were all guests in 2020, and they all shared about their own struggles with anxiety. Today, I would like to highlight some of the tips that they shared on those shows. I think that these are going to be very helpful for you today. Before we jump into those interviews, I wanted to take a moment and say thank you. Friends, you have made the show a huge success, and for that, I am so grateful. Each time you comment or give a rating for my show, it helps. It really does. And I so appreciate you all because the ratings and the comments are what help show that this show is doing well. Friends, I encourage you to share this episode with your friends and family. In fact, for the month of May, I am doing highlight shows and I have a contest going on. Yep, that's right. I've got a contest. For every episode you share on social media and tag me, you're going to be entered into a drawing for a $25 gift card from Amazon. And I also have a couple of $5 Starbucks gift cards. So you can find me both on Instagram and Facebook at author Kristen Klaus. So be sure to tag me in that post when you share it and you will be entered in the drawing. Now onto our show. As I mentioned, my guests are Dr. Michelle Bankston, who you're going to hear from first. Then we're going to go right into Jennifer Irvig, and then following her, we're going to go right into Colette Schaefer. 
All of these women share some valuable tools to help individuals who struggle with anxiety. Now here are the interview highlights. What are some steps that somebody can take to recognize that anxiety originates from a spiritual influence and begin to use the weapons of power, love, and a sound mind to regain peace for themselves? But I'm also thinking they're modeling for their children as well. Absolutely. Scripture tells us that our words have the power of life or death, blessing or cursing. And Kristen, I'll tell you that when I start recognizing myself saying, what if, that means I've given in to that spirit of fear. I've started to be anxious about something. And so I've had to learn that when I'm tempted to say, what if, or I'm not sure how I'm going to handle the situation, if I will flip it around and say, I may not know how I'm going to get through this, but God, this is a perfect setup for you to do what only you can do. You see, anxiety is really a misappropriation of our trust. If we're anxious about the economy, if we're worried about our health, it means that we're trusting in that diagnosis or we're trusting in that bank account instead of trusting in the one who promises to provide for all of our needs. So one of the best ways that we can defeat worry, fear, and anxiety is by increasing our trust in God. Now that that sounds all well and good, but the question I would be having if I was listening to this today is, but I trust God in so many things. How do I increase my trust in God? So I've developed an acronym for that, T-R-U-S-T. And the first T is to take God at his word. If we truly believe God's word, then we've got to stand on that word when we're tempted to trust. The R is to rest in God's presence and his promises. We've got to be spending time in God's word, renewing our minds and standing on the promises that he gives us. How many times does he say, do not be afraid, be strong and courageous. I am with you. And he is. And the you is to understand that the outcome doesn't depend on us. When God tells us to do something, he wants our obedience, but the outcome doesn't depend on us. If we will do what he's asked us to do, then we can trust him for the outcome. That takes a lot of pressure off my shoulders. And S is accept that God is sovereign. I'm so glad that you brought up about our children. Early on in the pandemic, I interviewed my son about how are kids and teens dealing with this, recognizing that how they deal with this pandemic is different than how we adults deal with it. And I'll never forget because my son started to say, well, you know, it's like you always say, mom. And I held my breath because I wasn't sure (laughs) what is it that he's going to say that I always say, you know, pick up your socks or what. But he said, mom. You always say this did not take God by surprise and he knows how he's going to get us through it. That's what I mean by accept that God is sovereign. God is not up in heaven wringing his hands wondering, oh no, how am I going to get the world through this pandemic? Didn't take him by surprise. And nothing happens to us that doesn't first pass through his hands. So we've got to come back to trusting. He will work all things together for our good. And then that last T, is turn to the testimony of previous experiences. And what I mean by that is remember the other times that you've gone through that you 
or tempted to think, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And recognize God has gotten you through every difficult circumstance before 100% of the time. So if he did it before, we can trust he's going to do it now and again and again and again. And that trust acronym has helped me so much because when I'm tempted to get into worry, fear, and anxiety, my prayers, Lord, help me trust you more. I believe, help my unbelief. And we've seen that example in scripture, but this is how we build that trust muscle. And the more we trust, the less we become anxious, worried, and afraid. Absolutely. As you're talking, I was thinking of one of the things that I often tell clients and I tell them to myself as well all the time. No, the truth is. So when those anxiety driven thoughts come into your mind, the truth is, and not what my thought is telling me, but what does God's truth say? God's word says to be anxious for nothing. So Lord, I'm asking right now for your peace that surpasses all understanding to come over me, to turn God's scripture, his his promises to us, turn it into a prayer. And as we do that, we're doing one of the trust steps, probably two of the trust steps that you just mentioned there of holding on to God's promises and speaking back to that anxiety and telling it basically, no, you have no place here get out of my house. You're not welcome, right? Absolutely. That's part of what I recommend to people all the time is you talk back to that fear. Tell it no. You don't get to rule my day. God's going to govern my day. It really does help. We've got to take control. Talk back to it. Tell it it does not have a place in your life. It is not welcome here. Yeah. Often it's like, I'm such a visual person. So I always give these visual examples. It's like, anxiety knocks on your door and you open the door, invite it into your living room, but anxiety never comes by itself. Anxiety brings all of its friends and its cousins. And before you know it, your life is completely overwhelmed. You're shut down, but you do have the ability to say, get out of my house, get out of my home, get out of my life. You are not welcome here anymore. And they need to leave. But if we don't fight against that, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming what comes and hits us and the thoughts and and the fears. And like you said, it may start with a plane ride, but pretty soon we are isolated in our home and fearful to go and do anything. Another thing, you know, in addition to just inviting Jesus in and knowing that he knows our thoughts and we can hand our thoughts over to him, in addition to serving others, The other thing I would tell myself, because now at this time in my life, you know, my whole dream was to be married right out of high school and be a mom and all that. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be married. I'm going to be an old maid or whatever. But okay, so here's, so that fear starts to grip me. Well, guess what? Another way to get over the anxiety and the fear is to honestly just imagine the worst case scenario and start from there. (laughs) So, okay, what if I am an old maid with 50 cats? What's so bad about that? Play that play <laughs> play that scenario out in your head, you know? It's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, honestly, it's not just because it has like a connotation with it or whatever. I can still serve Jesus. I'm still who he created me to be. You know what I mean? So that is another key whenever anxiety overwhelms me that I I try to do is I try to think about the worst case scenario and start from there. How bad is it really? 
which that is really good. I use an illustration because I'm such a visual person and in counseling with individuals with trauma and anxiety, I use the illustration of Tom and Jerry, the cartoon, and uh, set the scene. Tom is chasing Jerry. Tom is the cat, Tom cat. That took me a while to figure that one out. And Jerry is the mouse. And I remember an episode when I was a kid, my brother loved Tom and Jerry. So I had to watch it all the time. There was a a scene where Jerry ran into another room and there was a light on the floor. And when he went in front of the light, there was a huge shadow that was cast on the wall. And Tom comes running in to chase him and sees this huge shadow and thinks there's a monster after him. And that anxiety and trauma and the things that we face in life are like the big shadow on the wall. And much like the Wizard of Oz, the wizard, he's really a man behind a curtain. That's what our anxiety, our fears are. They're really a little mouse standing in front of a light. And that we need to face our fears instead of run from them. And so what you're talking about is thinking about the worst case scenario is you're literally stopping, you're turning and facing them and saying, okay, what if that does happen? Then what? And so you're facing them. So that is a powerful, powerful tool that people can use to face their anxiety. And I always say, you know, dissect it, put it under the magnifying glass, figure out what it is. How did it start? What is it about? You know, just dissect it so that you can break the power that it has over your life. And here God takes you through and you just start doing this. And that's what I would counsel people with. You know, that's that's powerful tool. I love that you say that because I've actually had a few counselors read my book and I, I mean, I'm no counselor, I'm no therapist, no nothing. I just have, you know, wrote the book sharing what's helped me so I can pay it forward. But every counselor that has read my book has said, this is exactly what we tell our clients. So I, that just warms my heart because it shows you that God really has, you know, the ultimate counselor and therapist really has walked me through this journey And these things are legit, even though I didn't even know. (laughs) Well, and and God is the giver of wisdom, right? And so God gives counselors and psychologists and psychiatrists wisdom. It's not their wisdom. It's God's wisdom. And so you just bypassed and God said, I'm going to download this wisdom to you because that's who the wisdom comes from. I love him. Yeah. So let's go back to what you mentioned at the beginning about the anxiety that's in our world right now. And I know I'm throwing this question at you where we didn't talk about it before, but there's anxiety everywhere. There are parents that are overwhelmed. I have so many friends right now that all they can focus on is just their family unit and their work and their relationship with God. And there's not much else that they can do because they are so overwhelmed. Their plates are so full. Maybe they have kids with behavioral issues or the kids are just really discouraged because they miss their friends. They miss the routine of life. What are some things that you're observing or learning in this season of being at home and dealing with anxiety? And what's some advice you could give? Sure. So um, confession time, I was feeling a huge dose of imposter syndrome at the tail end of the summer when I found out that the school back would not be a hybrid or in-person situation, that it would again be distance learning fully. I went into a tailspin. I mean, anxiety totally took over my life because I was like, oh my gosh, I have to quit my job. 
And those of you who know my story of, you know, being a pastor and stuff, it took a long, long time, even though I was credentialed and stuff to get to be hired as an actual pastor and do that job. And I've only had it for like two years now. So I was seeing everything I worked for wash away because I was being forced to, you know, stay home with my kids while they, you know, and help them distance learn. So I just felt guilty that I wrote this book on anxiety and I'm teaching people how to overcome when this fear just started to grip me of this distance learning. And I was like, I'm going to have to quit my job because my kids are more important, you know, and all the things that were coming with this. But I, I think it was just a couple of days before school started, I repented and I was like, who do I think I am? Like, I, I think I was starting to put my position in ministry as an idol in my life, you know? And I'm like, who do I think I am? If God calls me to it, he's going to make a way, you know? And maybe imagine the worst case scenario. Maybe I do have to quit my job and just help my kids distance learn because yeah, last spring was a total nightmare. I'm sure any parent would agree, but unless you have some angel child, I don't know, but <laughs> I just... For all the parents feeling that way out there who feel like they have to drop everything to help their kids distance learn or just don't know how they're going to do it all, there's a couple of things. First, repent that you even think you're in control of your life because pandemic 2020 has taught us that we have no control over anything in our lives. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So first, repent. And then secondly, know that your family is your greatest calling. If you put them first, and God first, everything else is going to fall into place. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. He will make a way. He'll figure it out. You're not in control of your life anyway. (laughs) But for your mental health, talk to the other parents, not for a gripe session, but just to share your fears. Because sometimes just hearing them out loud and then hearing somebody else process them that's not in your own head brings a light and a breath of fresh air. And joke a lot because anxiety makes you funny. So use that humor and just bring light to every day. Take it one day at a time. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Now you have given yourself a name, Wonder Poppins, (laughs) based on the combination of Wonder Woman and Mary Poppins, which is so perfect. And I love that, which again, that no pun intended saying this is perfect. But the example for so many of us who struggle with trying to do it all and being perfectionist, when do you think that that started with you? Do you remember as a child or was that in your adult years that you talked about? And what do you think was that driving force behind it? Well, you know, growing up, I was an 80s kid. So Wonder Woman and Mary Poppins were two of my favorite characters. And I think one of the things that drew me to these characters was that they knew who they were and acted calm and collected. And they, you know, just knew what to do in every given situation. But I think the name kind of came from my family joking that I really was Wonder Woman or I was like Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. And I think it was just this vicious cycle. The more people say, oh, you're perfect. You can do it all. You're so creative. You can blah, blah, blah. You want to live up to that. Yeah. And your reward kind of comes from other people Mm -hmm. saying, wow, you're talented. Wow, you are creative instead of my reward coming from God saying, yes, that's exactly what I needed you to do. Mm -hmm. Good job in here. God's perspective and people's perspective are different. And so I was, 
I was so hungry for people's approval. And it's still, I will be honest, is something I battle with. I have to say, it's okay if I don't get the approval from others. It's, it's really hard for me to let go of the reins of something. And I think every perfectionist can attest to that. You know, I'm also the high school student council advisor in our school. And to let the kids do something, you know, and it wasn't maybe up to the standard that I think it should be. It's difficult for us perfectionists. So I think it, you know, it came about that way. And I just was thinking about, I was like, yeah, I'm Wonder Poppins. So yeah, it kind of comes from our, my family kind of labeling me that way and me wanting to live up to that. So with your life experience, background as a pastor, co-pastoring with your husband and where God has brought you today, what are two or three things that you could share with our listeners as they begin their journey of healing? You know, like I shared before, one of the biggest lessons I learned and that God taught me was to seek him first. And one of my favorite verses is Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And if you remember in that chapter, it's talking about the things that we worry about, just the natural things. All these things will be added to you if you seek me first. I will help take care of the rest. So that is is number one. You know, we have the Holy Spirit. We have that helper. We have that guide. We don't have to do it ourselves. He's there to help us. The next thing is that I really learned was 1 Peter 5, 6, and 8, casting your care. That was huge when dealing with anxiety, learning how to acknowledge, okay, this is how I'm feeling. And then first of all, humbling myself and saying, okay, I can't do it all. It says, humble yourself. And so humble yourself means, God, I need your help here. I can't do this just myself. Um, And then giving those worries and cares, those things that you're concerned with, giving it to him and letting him work those things out. You know, I just imagine throwing my concerns, throwing my care and anxiety at his feet. There's times I wrote it down and just like crumbled it up and threw it. And then just staying alert for how the enemy traps. It says stay vigilant because your enemy is roaming around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Well, for me, one of those things that the devil would do was use busyness Mm -hmm. to creep in. Now, those things I was doing were good things, but it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. And it wasn't probably all at the same time. And so the devil just used that busyness. And then slowly, little by little, anxiety, it got me to the point of those anxiety attacks. And then the third thing that I really had to learn was. And I believe I always walked in this, but forgiveness, you have to walk in forgiveness. You have to keep and forgiveness. What it does is if you have any unforgiveness or keep offense in your heart, it clogs the drain of your own healing. When you hold on to those things, it just clogs the drain from blessings and everything. So we just got to keep our hearts clear of unforgiveness and offense there. Those are three really practical and powerful tools because we all need to be seeking God first. And truth be told, we're so bombarded with communication with other people that we often don't seek God first. We seek social media, we seek friends, we seek, you know, texting or different things instead of seeking God first. 
mm-hmm. and casting our cares on God. And, mm-hmm. you know, do we really do that? Mm-hmm. In all honesty, do we really? We, again, we talk to other people first. We try to do everything on our own. We're such an independent nation, United States. And so, and we forget to be dependent on a God because we can do it ourselves. and forgiving others. Yes. Because that has anxiety and stuff that gets built up when we have unresolved issues inside of us, like I mentioned at the beginning. So I appreciate all three of those tools that you have given us. Thank you, Dr. Michelle Bankston, Jennifer Ervig, and Colette Schaefer for joining us today as we highlighted just a little bit of their interview talking about anxiety. I wanted to make sure that I gave you guys some great tips that can help those of us that struggle with anxiety. Our show notes and all the links shared with us today can be found at my website at fullyrestored.love. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Fully Restored Podcast and you, like me, feel like you're walking away with some valuable tools in dealing with anxiety for yourself, for your family, your children, and for our loved ones and friends. And remember, nothing or no one is beyond restoration with our Jesus.